Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Bagels and Locks podcast. It is our final show of 2021. 2022 is right around the corner. Uh, we're recording this on the 29th. So by the time Dave posts this, uh, it may in fact be 2022. So you have something to be on the lookout there, or uh, be on the lookout for there. Uh, as always, with David Santola, my name is Chase Podorsky. Um, and I'm going to start this in honor of the Festivus last week with uh, an airing of the grievance as well as a thank mm. because I think it's important to have balance in this world. So my airing of the grievance is, is uh, with the UCLA Athletic Department. I get it, man. There's a pandemic. I'm aware that people get sick. Shit happens. That's how the world has been the past two years. But in the past two weeks, you cancel the UCLA basketball game at home 30 minutes before tip. You then had fans all across the country, myself included. So I'll admit I have some skin in the game here. Fans all across the country who bought tickets to see the Bruins play in Vegas against against North Carolina. You cancel that game the day before. And fortunately, this last thing isn't going to be that much of a problem for UCLA fans because our bowl game was supposed to be uh, in San Diego at Petco Park against NC State. But North Carolina, as we know, you went to school in North Carolina, very much on the East Coast. So there was a lot of NC State fans in all likelihood that flew out to the Holiday Bowl, planned their holidays and their vacations around this game. And the fact that UCLA announced for the first time that anyone was hearing about it four hours before the game, that the team was uh, battling a COVID outbreak that led to the bowl game being canceled. I love Martin Jarman. I love the UCLA athletic department, but get it together. Cause you're really making it hard to like, and support you with the way these COVID cancellations have been handled across multiple sports in the past couple of weeks. You know, I, I think there's two ways to look at it. The first way is the way you're looking at it, that it's just inconsiderate of them to give such little notice. But the second way is, they, they did everything they could to have these events and, and they worked and worked and tried to figure out a way and, you know, let guys come down to the last second to test. Um, and that's why they canceled on short notice. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to lean into your grievance here and agree with you. Um, it just seems super shitty to not give at least 12 hours of notice for all of these things, especially for state people that went out there and the whole state team. That's, that that's, my, all, all that's my biggest thing. Like, look, the home basketball game against Alabama state, whatever. I was pissed because I was in Westwood eating dinner before the game. Right. But, you know, Vegas, San Diego, anytime travel plans are made in advance and, you know, you could screw up a family's vacation and funds around the holidays. That's when I take issue. I do like your glass half full approach. 
Uh, it ultimately comes down to because of COVID, I have not been able to watch any UCLA sporting team since December 10th. No, having a bowl game canceled just sucks. I mean, your guys have been practicing for like three weeks to, you know, play a, a big game that would have been fun to watch. Um, and now it's just all useless and they, uh, they end their season like this. It sucks. But I am going to do some positive things. I have to give a shout out. Uh, some people give shout outs to one player. I would like to give a shout out to a collective. And that is the defense in Miami. God bless your soul. Yeah, for, for our listeners that, that don't know or maybe haven't been keeping up, um, Chase, would you need six or seven points to not, to not be the Sacco this year so I'm from the Sacco, Miami defense? So I was in the Sacco Bowl, yeah. I was down seven coming into Monday. You know, in true Sacco season fashion, you know, how many running backs this year outside of Jonathan Taylor have had three touchdown games on the ground, period? Uh, naturally, Damian Harris, who hadn't played in three weeks, was one of those players. He was sitting on my bench, so – you know, when you leave a 31 spot on the bench, in a lot of ways, you don't deserve the win. Uh, and I will be honest, I was going to drop the Dolphins D. I had them on the waivers last week, had the claim ready to go to pick up a backup quarterback because in because of an alleged Tom Brady COVID outbreak that never happened that we were told of. And I heard Ian Book was starting a quarterback, so I stuck with the Dolphins. And uh, you actually, you and I went to wrestling this weekend, and I said to you, if the Dolphins had a pick six, I would streak naked. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you want to view this conversation, I was at the movies when the pick six took place. So I didn't get to watch it, which is why I didn't streak, but he's a coward for our listeners. You, I don't, I want you to know he's a coward. It has nothing to do with this, this poor movie excuse. Let me tell you the last hour plus of the matrix, when I knew there was a pick six on the first drive, boy, did I enjoy that movie so much more just knowing I was okay. How was it? 15-second Matrix movie review. Go. Good. Good, but can be watched at home. Doesn't need to be, see, be seen in theaters um, like the other Matrix movies, in my opinion. Also, my first movie I wore with my new earplugs. You went to the movies with earplugs? I did. It actually was okay. Wow. I think you may be taking this earplugs thing too far. I don't think you need them in the movies. I mean, to be devil's advocate, we're doing this podcast and I got ringing in my ears right now, but, um, but here's the thing. This, I agree with you. If I'm going to see like a comedy or family movie, I won't um, for a movie like the matrix, which we were also seeing in Dolby, which is like IMAX sound without the IMAX screen. So, you know, I just figured, especially cause we were at the garden the day before I didn't really use the earplugs as well as I should have or at all for the most part. Um, so I just wanted to play it safe. Okay, that, that's a 15-second movie review. Um, sounds like uh, not essential to see it. So, If you're a Neil Patrick, if you're a How I Met Your Mother fan, see it, because they actually let Neil Patrick Harris play the villain, and he's delightful in an against-type role. Wait, wait, wait. He plays Agent Smith? No, so Smith is in this movie. I mean, spoiler alert. Smith is played by somebody else, but NPH is the They guy. recast him? It, again, it makes a lot of sense within the context of the film. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll skip the spoilers. NPH basically, you know, is the guy who create recreates the matrix and has humans in there. Interesting. Interesting pivot from the usual NPH role, but I don't hate it. Yeah. Well, don't forget, you know, 
he his most infamous role is him playing himself. Harold and Kumar? Yeah, I mean, and that got him the Barney Stinson role. Uh, no, I'm a fan. Um, all right, so uh, what, what would you give it out of 10, last comment on The Matrix? 6.5. 6.5, that's a review. Okay. I went three and two last week. Normally I go two and three. This week I went three and two. 49ers minus three versus Titans was over by the time we did this last week. Uh, I also lost the Packers minus seven against the Browns. The Packers, I've never seen a team that just races out to bigger leads and then just coasts to squeak it out at the end. It's unbelievable. And I'm picking them again this week despite that. Um, Three wins, Rams minus three and a half at the Vikings. Despite Stafford's three picks, we persevered. Dolphins minus three at the Saints. That was the lock of the week. Again, Ian Buck was a quarterback. Sometimes you can't overthink this. And the Lions-Falcons under 42 and a half. My first over-under of the podcast hit, unsurprisingly. <laughs> no, I mean, that was a, a slam dunk bet. Um, I was two and three, which all things considered, uh, we will take. Um, and, you know, I, I, I want to stop for a second because – I think this is probably our second to last episode of the season um, with next week being the last week of the regular season. So I know Chase doesn't have his record handy. Um, We're going to need to so do a we'll, lot of listening back from us. We'll, we'll, we'll do some records next week, um, but I'll give you a preview of mine. It's ugly. I'm 31 and 44. Um, and this app is telling me my return on investment is 22%. So if you've faded me this, this podcast, um, congratulations. Um, as for me, I've lost a lot of money. Uh, and this week was no exception. Um, two and three, I got beat for, I think, the fourth time this season by Auburn. I just bet them and bet them and bet them. And they continue to shit the bed every single week. Uh, I hate that program. Good for, good for Houston, though. Uh, your your loss, notwithstanding, that sucks. But I like to no, see the group, I like to see the group of five beat the SEC. Now, fuck Houston, uh, Auburn, Auburn. They they didn't look like they gave a shit. They've sucked all year. They've been overrated. I I don't think this is a great win for Houston. Um, sorry, and if any Houston fans are listening, but I'm not giving any respect for this. Um, and then I took three unders. I hit on two of them. It's pretty boring, but, you know, got to make money somehow. Um, it was the Dolphins uh, against the Saints, um, slam dunk. And then um, despite, I think, all of the NBA unders missing except for one or two, I was one for two on that. I took the Hawks-Knicks, um, and I got beat on the Nets-Lakers. And then um, the last loss that I had was I took – Cardinals minus one and a half. Um, and the Colts beat them by six points. Cardinals are like Tom Petty. They're free falling. They are. And you know that my whole idea was that uh, this would be their big comeback week. And, you know, they, they had some injuries and that just doesn't look like the case. And I said that the Colts weren't going to, you know, the momentum would swing for them. That's clearly not the case. So that was just dead wrong. Before we make our picks, can I detail a ludicrous prop bet hit that I had last night that had no business hitting? Yeah, go. So on FanDuel, it was uh, the Lakers were playing the Rockets, and it was LeBron to score 30-plus and Lakers to win plus 250. I think I threw like 25 bucks on it. 
So I'm like vaguely following the game. It's close late. And with a minute 48 left in the game, LeBron only had 22 points. So I'm like, all right, I'm toast, whatever. I went back tomorrow. This fucking guy proceeds to score 10 points the last minute and 48 seconds of the game to finish the game with 32 points in a Lakers win. Holy shit. Did, did they need, like, why was he scoring so much at the end? Was it foul shots or did they need to score? Was it close? I think they just, it was close enough that I needed to keep scoring and then he hit his free throws. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's a fun win. Shout out to, honestly, LeBron. I would start hammering all of LeBron's overs. Uh, honestly, until AD is back, because LeBron has played center the past two nights. And, uh, yeah, good luck to any offense, defensive center in the league trying to stay with fucking LeBron James. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, if I anything, think the hammer the assists games, every time. Like in in those games where they're running out of a lineup where LeBron's the biggest guy on the floor, they're just they're going to score 120 points every night and they're going to give up 110. I would just take those overs. We are joining the Lakers Overs Club. Um all right, my picks this week I founding got founding members. Founding members. Big cat, get on the bandwagon. Uh I got 3 NFL games and 2 bowl games. I will save the bowl games for the end and start with the NFL. I'm going first pick Eagles minus three at the football team. Let's go. I'm in. All right. So we'll do some joint analysis on this one. Um, I I just think, look, the football team hasn't looked good. Heineke has been banged up. Kyle Allen's going to start next week. And I give Nick Sirianni all the credit in the world. When you look at the talent on that Eagles roster, the fact that they're eight and seven and are in the playoffs, I believe the season ended today. Nick Sirianni won't win coach of the year, but he certainly should be considered. Um, I just think Eagles have looked good the past couple of weeks. They're fighting for the playoffs. Football teams look bad. I think injuries have finally caught up with them. So I think the Eagles are running wild. Eagles minus three, pick number one. Done. They're going to run all over them. You know, now I'm thinking if we both like this, and I feel pretty good about it, it sounds like you feel pretty good about this. Maybe this line stinks and there's something we're not seeing. Maybe there's a rack say, If you are listening, you know this means throw your savings on the football team money line. Um, <laughs> but this isn't something where we both have an opinion. This is like we saw the line. It looks like a rat and we picked it. I don't know. This, I think, this is I think this is a Vegas knows more than us common folks thing. I, I would be very cautious to anybody looking at this game. I think don't overthink it. And I give the Eagles credit who are – so ahead of the curve and trying to prevent COVID that they've separated their quarterbacks at all times just to be safe. Who, who, who's their backup? Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Who I'm pretty sure is impervious to COVID. Yeah. I mean, he's got that like, he's either impervious or a super spreader. There's nothing in between. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, right. Are they really doing that? They're, they're like keeping them in separate rooms at yep, all times. So that, so that if one gets it, the other can't. That's pretty smart actually. I don't know what that's going to look like during the game, but I'm sure at that point it's outdoors. Who cares? Uh, my second, you got another NFL pick. Maybe we're going to go two for two here. <laughs> uh, shoot. I got Rams minus three and a half at the Ravens. Nah. Stafford did not look good last week, but Tyler Huntley still has COVID. Um, Josh Johnson looks solid. I just think the Rams, this is the most injured NFL team I've ever seen. I just don't think they're going to overcome it. Um, and ultimately, look, Stafford didn't look great last week, but the defense looked good. This Ravens secondary is so depleted that Cooper Cup is on pace to set the league record for receptions and yards this year. I mean, they're going to run wild. OBJ might have two touchdowns. Cam Akers is coming back. 
which I think, you know, just from a morale boost would be big for the Rams. Um, even if Lamar plays, I think the Rams win this game by at least a touchdown. I just think the Ravens are so banged up at this point. So, I mean, it, it's hugely dependent on who plays a quarterback. Um, I was under the assumption it would be Lamar. If Lamar <laughs> plays, I think I still like your pick, but I don't love it. If Lamar plays, I'm taking the over here. If Lamar doesn't and it's Johnson, I, I mean, the, the Rams are a three-unit play, but I also think this line's going to move big time. So, Did you bet on this Oklahoma-Oregon game? No, I didn't. Why? What's going on? I mean, this Oklahoma-Clemson uh, parlay was – I mean, of course, this means Oregon will score 100 points in the second half, but Oklahoma's up 30-3 to three at the half. Honestly, I'm happy I didn't because I may have bet Oregon. I've been such a sucker for them all year. It's been brutal. So yeah, happy you never bet on Pac-12 football in a big game. But, uh, yeah, what's your next pick? <laughs> um, you know, I'll skip ahead. I'll skip uh, to, to the bowl game. Um, to your point about never betting on a big uh, – on a Pac-12 game team in a big game, I'm taking Ohio State minus four and a half against Utah. What bowl is this? It's the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl, right? That's a big yeah. one. I Utah's not going to win this game. I mean, they, they're in a different league than Ohio State. Ohio State is like the best non-playoff team in the country, arguably better than Cincinnati. Um, and I still think they beat Michigan seven times out of 10. So I don't think they're in the same league as Utah. Four and a half feels a little bit disrespectful. Uh, Buckeyes are going to travel. I feel good about this. So if I had to pick, I would pick the Buckeyes. All that said, I just think it's important to note Buckeyes had four of their top players opt out. Um, basically, their whole receiving room, their star offensive lineman, whose name eludes me, but Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, two first-round picks, wide receivers opted out. The only reason this scares me is <laughs> Utah, by virtue of being in a Pac-12 team, they play in the Rose Bowl every, just about every year. And they're going to be geared up for this game, man. They love Kyle Winningham. All of their guys stayed and are ready to go. I do think Ohio State is just too talented, and they'll overcome that. But I think Utah will stick around and make this a close game. Uh, just because they're going to be amped up through the wazoo. This is their breakthrough moment. We'll see. Shit. I mean, th- this this game to me is a larger referendum on why the playoff system sucks, just because guys aren't – like it used to be the Rose Bowl was such a big deal when we were growing up, when it was just a BCS national championship game. Like the Rose Bowl was next in the pecking order, in my mind, always. And just guys opt out. Tomorrow we're going to pit Michigan State. There's no uh, Kenneth Walker, Kenny Pickett. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Agree. Fuck. I didn't really think about this. I was like, oh, Stroud's playing. I know Olave opted out. I didn't realize how many other opt-outs they've had. I still think you're um, going to be okay. but No, I think you're making a lot of good points. I'm not going to take my pick back because that would be cowardly and uh, a, a loser move. Um, although I could use all the help I, I can get. But I'm sticking with it, but I'm worried. This This will probably be a half-unit bet. All right, my third and final NFL game of the week. I'm telling you to chop the Packers down from minus six and a half to minus six. It'll be minus 130 versus the Vikings. The Vikings stealing a Cooks just Dalvin Cook just went on the IR. Kirk Cousins looked real bad last week. Rodgers is on an absolute roll, and they're getting uh, Jair Alexander back on defense for the first time all year, all pro cornerback. Vikings are actually only one of the three losses that the Packers have all year. Rodgers threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns, but Kirk Cousins got the ball last. I think Rodgers are going to be pissed. The Packers' D looks good. Packers in a route in Minnesota. Wouldn't be surprised. 
also wouldn't be surprised if they keep this game close because they the Vikings have kept every game all year close. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, come on, let me paint you a story. Like they go up 14-0 in the first half. Um, and then maybe, you know, maybe they go up 21-7 in the first half, whatever. And then in the second half, Rodgers looks great. Uh, and they end up winning by like a, a, a touchdown or a field goal and Minnesota covers. Um, I think buying this down a little bit would make me feel way better. Um, I definitely wouldn't bet it at plus seven um, or minus seven. It was minus six for what it's worth. Yeah, I'm showing six and a half, but I think you, it gets dangerous when you get to a touchdown. But I think overall it's still dangerous. Um, if I bet it, I'll bet with you. I'll bet the Packers, but the whole thing makes me nervous. Okay, I that that is fair enough. I will throw it over to you for pick number three. Um, okay, I'll I'll do my last NFL game. Um, I got the Raiders plus six and a half against the Colts. Um, I'm just gonna keep picking against the Colts until I run out of money uh, or they stop winning. The thinking is they're they I think they have 20 guys on the COVID list, a uh, bunch of guys on the defensive side of the ball. Wentz, um, so. Sticking to that theme where I, I went three and two and, and uh, over 500 for the first time since like September two weeks ago. Um, I think uh, I, I think it impacts them more than the line reflects. I like that pick. Raiders eked out a win last week against Denver, <coughs> 17 to 15, I believe. Look, this is as simple as Sam Ellinger is going to be playing quarterback for the Colts, which means as great as Jonathan Taylor's been, it's much harder to run when the box stacked against you every time. Raiders, look, Derek Carr is just finding ways to win. It's not pretty. Josh Jacobs had a career high in rushing yards last week. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you ultimately. I think Quinton Nelson and Darius Leonard being out last week, they were able to overcome that. I don't think they can overcome all the skill players and Wentz. So I like the Raiders pick. Uh, my bowl, two bowl picks, I'll start with uh, – I don't even know. I think this is the Sugar Bowl. No. What bowl game is this? One second. Let me take a gander. Baylor football is playing in. Oh, it was a Sugar Bowl. I was right. You know, wait, wait, wait. Hold on for a second. Hold on one second. I think my book sent me for a bit of a joyride here. Um, okay. So I thought based on the book that Baylor was playing Mississippi State in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, that's not the case. It is Ole Miss. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's right. But nonetheless, you know what? I'm going to go Baylor plus 100 versus Ole Miss. Uh, the lane train has been fun, with, but Matt Coral, I think, in some big games has withered a bit. Uh, and Baylor coming off of that Big 12 title game, I think they're so amped. And on top of it, the fact that Dave Aranda, the head coach, didn't leave for any of the bigger jobs. He didn't view Baylor as a stepping stone. I really just think Baylor is going to come out gunning um, and ultimately just, you know, want to put a capitalization on is what what has been a program bounce back season uh, again big 12 championship i think they won two or three games last year and uh ultimately look maybe you can tell me if i'm crazy here <laughs> but i feel like if it's not the playoff sec teams kind of shit the bed in bowl games i don't i've never thought that um i think i don't know Honestly, I haven't really watched either of these teams play uh, much at all this year. I'm just going to go Baylor because the goal line stand at the Big 12 title game was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Go Baylor. Yeah, fair enough. 
you know, you, you could make the argument that a team like Auburn shits the bed in, in non-championship bowl games, but or, or Georgia or LSU, but I don't know. Teams like Ole Miss that this is like the biggest bowl game they've played in a decade. They're going to be fired up to play this game. Um, so is Baylor, but I don't know. I'm staying away. I don't know enough. All right, pick number four for you, sir. Yep, yep. Um, all right, so I will pick – um, another college game, Fiesta Bowl. Um, taking Oklahoma State plus two and a half. Um, that they've looked good this year, and and much more importantly, Notre Dame has has. I think they're overrated. Um, I think they have a new coach. I think they had two pretty big opt outs in the the safety that's going to go in the top five and the running back. Um, and I like betting against Notre Dame because it's fun. That's really it. I'm going to agree with you because I also think betting against Notre Dame was fun. I personally wouldn't touch this game, uh, but I do also want to note that Oklahoma state's defensive coordinator who won the Broyles award as the nation's top assistant. I do not, or no, sorry. He is coaching this game, but he is leaving for Ohio state after the game. So interpret right. that information, how you will. Um, this to me is going to just be a slow, boring football game. If you yeah, like, the, the if, if you like the trenches, I would say, watch this game. And uh, Kentucky, Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't bet that game just because I don't want to watch it, the, the Kentucky, Iowa game. Kentucky, Iowa should just be called the hard work bowl. <laughs> the turtle bowl. We work hard out here. Um, all right. My final pick. It pains me to say it. I can't believe I'm saying it. But I'm going to go Michigan plus seven and a half versus Georgia. Um, I hate Michigan. Like I, Michigan is up there for me with the Boston Red Sox in terms of my hatred. And if you know me, you know how much I despise the Red Sox because the Yankees are everything to me. But Michigan in the Big Ten title game and against Iowa, all phases of the offense are working. The defenses look great all year. Um, I actually like the Michigan offense better than the Georgia offense, and I think the Georgia defense is better. But I think we saw in the SEC title game what Stetson Bennett, the Georgia quarterback, does against pressure. Aiden Hutchinson's going to be there all game. I think Michigan keeps this close enough. Um, honestly, I think Michigan's going to win the game, but I think if nothing else, I like them with seven and a half points. I hate this pick. Um, I hate it. I hate it. I hope you lose. Um, it just sucks. It sucks that they're in the, in the playoff. It sucks how good they've looked the last few weeks. It sucks. We um, all hate Michigan. Yeah. No, I, I hate it. Um, and I hope you lose. But – at the same time, this is my fifth pick. So <laughs> I, I, everything you said is what I was going to say. Um, they look so good. Seven feels like a lot of points. I, you just, it doesn't seem like Georgia's going to score all that much on them. So I'm not sure how they cover a whole touchdown. Um, and if I get a couple drinks in me and Wake plays at 11 a.m., God willing. Um, that game not getting canceled. I will have a couple drinks in me. I could foresee a scenario where I put some money on them money line as well. I like it. 7.30 on a Friday, on the Friday of New Year's. I think you'll have a few drinks in you. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not officially endorsing the Michigan money line bet, but if it happens, uh, I'll be a little wealthier in 2022. I just, the more I think about it, it's like Michigan was a play or two away from beating Michigan state. They lost that game by four late on a late touchdown by Kenneth Walker. You know, they win that game. They're undefeated. They're the one seed overwhelmingly in my opinion. And on the flip side, you look at Georgia, 
it's just the way their SEC schedule broke out. It's like, who did they really beat this year that's that great? Like, even their non-conference loss against Clemson. You know, Clemson won the day. They finished 10-3. They'll finish in the top 15. No knock there, but that offense is bad. That offense was bad all year. So that wasn't the win that they expected it to be. So I don't know. I think it just might be reality setting in for Michigan. And I guess positive and negative regression, you really. Positive for Michigan and negative for Georgia, where we're just finally seeing what both of these teams really are. Yeah, I think you make a good point. Maybe they're not that good. I mean, they haven't beaten anybody decent since they beat Kentucky in the second week of October. So. I don't know. They have two quarterbacks that they played all year. That doesn't seem like uh, a team that should be seven point favorites to Georgia. So I'm with you. Um, We talked so much about how good Georgia was all year. I think everybody's just blindly believing it, betting this uh, seven point line, but it, it, it smells a little to me. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens here one way or the other, but I'm not going to say go blue, but I hope they cover. No, um, never on the podcast. And we won't celebrate if we win. We'll just take our earnings and uh, move on. I'll order Jaeger bombs. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Our, my pick five for the week. We had two that we agreed on, which were Eagles minus three at the football team, Michigan plus seven and a half versus Georgia. I also have Baylor plus 100 versus Ole Miss, Packers minus six, Chop versus the Vikings, and Rams minus three and a half at the Ravens. Uh, all right. My five, I got um, Raiders plus six and a half at the Colts, Eagles minus three and a half at the football team, Ohio State minus four and a half at Utah, although I don't love it anymore. Um, Oklahoma State plus two and a half in the Fiesta Bowl and Michigan plus seven uh, against Georgia. Um, And... I got two bonus picks. Christmas comes late this year. And for everybody out there saying, Dave, we don't want your bonus picks. You told us your ROI for the competition is negative 22%. First, fuck you. Second, (laughs) these bonus picks are aligned with my profitable thesis, which I've carved out of the rest of my shitty, shitty gambling record that COVID betting against the COVID team is effective. And the lines are never, are never right. They, they always, undersell the effects of COVID. So my two that didn't make the five, but, but I will be betting on that line of thinking is Denver plus six and a half at the chargers. Chargers have a ton of guys on the COVID list on both sides of the ball. Um, And Carolina plus seven at the saints, the saints, I think have 21 guys like the second most in the league on the COVID list. Um, Taysom will be back and everybody keeps talking about how he's a great fantasy play for this week. Um, I think just because he's not uh, book, he he didn't look good before this. So I I like this one the most, even though Carolina looks bad. Um, So if you want to, if you believe in my COVID theory, uh, those two plus the Raiders are my, uh, my picks there. Yeah. I mean, the Chargers made Davis Mills look like Tom Brady last week. Right. And that was before all these guys got COVID. So, Yeah. Don't bet on the Chargers. Bet against Chargers. I agree with Dave. Uh, any concluding thoughts for this week's show, the year 2021? Any good New Year's plans? Lay it on us in the wrap-up. Um, you know, I think uh, 
think I want to thank everybody who's listened thus far to the show. Um, and I want to encourage you to tune in next week. We'll have our records all tidied up. Um, well, actually, I guess, I guess we won't. Um, tune in next week and we'll give you a preview of the records, but we won't tell them to you. And then we'll do a wrap-up show. So congratulations, two episodes left after this one. Um, and it should be a fun 2022. I would like to give a shout out to Jack Winograd for being the Sacco. I know I said this at the beginning of the show, but it's really pathetic. Have you ever been in the Sacco Bowl? Uh, once. It's like we, and you didn't get it, right? No, of course not. It's like we win what, like $1,300 for winning the league, and both of us have won the league before? Yep. Like I was more, I was more joyful and satisfied when I wasn't the Sacco. Then when I got Venmo $1,300 for winning the fucking league. You know, it's a credit to us for making it so miserable and it keeps the league competitive. So a, a pat on our collective backs. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. 2022 right around the corner. Here's to happiness, health. Maybe this COVID shit goes away. That would be really fun. Um, and I'm going to honestly just say 2022. I don't know how much sports I'm going to be watching. Um, the Giants mercifully coming to an end, but that means football's done for me. UCLA sports are canceled indefinitely. Baseball is canceled indefinitely. Uh, so if you have any hobbies for me to pick up in 2022, let me know. I'm open to anything and everything. Let's make it a great one. With David Santola, my name is Chase Minorski. This is the Bagels and Locks podcast. Have a happy new year.